Are you ready for more Star Wars adventure? Our friends over at the Dorky Diva Show present a feature-length audio drama, The Adventures of the Zolan Dart. It's coming soon. If you want more information, head over to the DorkyDivaShowPresents.com and enjoy the trailer coming up next. Shout! We've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. It just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Uh, temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class? My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Gamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Pak to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you are interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. That's not good. Is that blaster fire right here? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon. Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. Welcome to Star Wars. Best place for below average Star Wars. Hello there, and welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. The Geordie Jedi Pete is back, and back again with him is Canon Junkie XL Ian. Ian, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yes, I'm absolutely brilliant. Uh, work's been pretty uh, pretty busy as sort of Black Friday weekend is coming up for, for my place of work, so I've been really, really busy, but excited to fit some time in to talk Star Wars and talk Mandalorian. Definitely, mate, yeah. Um, so yeah, so obviously this is probably the longest we've waited um, since watching an episode to talk about it. I have uh, rewatched the episode this morning, so I think that's the third time I've watched this one now. 
I watched it twice when it got released and then once this morning, just to refresh my memory of any little details that I might have missed the first time. How many times have you watched the episode so far, Ian? Three times, mate. So three each, that is awesome. So six times altogether for us. Yeah. So we should be experts, hopefully, probably not, but... <laughs> probably not, mate, no. We can, we can dream. Yeah. Um, let's just dive straight in. So obviously this episode, we are going to be uh, deep dive reviewing... Um, Episode 4 from Season 2 of The Mandalorian, the first Star Wars live-action TV series. Uh, it's titled Chapter 12, The Siege. It is directed by Carl Weathers, uh, which, you know, I think he did a brilliant job with diving it, but I thought this episode was fast. Um, full of great story and character development as well. Um, the episode is written by John Favreau, so again, so far... This season, all four episodes so far have been written by John Favreau solely. Uh, although I do feel the story, the story group, and perhaps they only do have fingers in all of it with how much it fits into, you know, aftermath trilogy, um, Clone Wars, Rebels. Um, so I, I do feel it's been a what's the word, um, a team yeah. effort on the story. But again, every episode has been solely Quite written by John Favreau so far. Yeah. That's the one, yep. There we go. That's the word collaborative. Um so yeah, it's just sort of dive dive straight in, I suppose. Um we sort of start again this episode picks up sort of directly where the last one left off. That's one of the things I think I mentioned on our last episode is that sort of every episode seems to not necessarily the story doesn't necessarily continue because I, I feel each episode's had its own story. But the starting points of each episode is like it started straight after the events of the previous one. So this episode starts off, we've got the Mando and the child working together uh, to fix the ship because Mon Calamari are not very good at fixing ships, it appears. And from what we can see on screen, it does not look good either. So uh, the ship looks like it's dropped out of hyperspace. <laughs> it's traveling at so light. Uh, and the child is in a very tight space where only the child would fit, trying to uh, yeah. rewire the ship. Um, Mando was giving them instructions. Um, I like the comedy aspect here because it was very much like you only ask somebody yeah, to give you a hand, but yeah. like, they don't We've necessarily know. Like, yeah. They don't know what. Yeah, they don't know anything about what yeah. it is that you're trying to achieve. And um, so yeah, Mando sort of explaining it over and over again. The child's are sort of looking at the pieces. I feel the child's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. And he has managed to unplug two wires, and he is looking at them as if like listen to what the Mando was saying. Yeah. Um, Mando warns him not to put two of them together. He does put them together. Uh, it creates a lot of smoke. Um, he gets a bit of a no shock, one's harmed. Right? Um, you think he was a little bit of a shock? Yeah, yeah. But he does seem okay. Um, and then basically, Mando says, "Look, it's we're not gonna we're not Tom's. gonna get to." Uh, yeah, and he actually mentions Corvus by name, uh, which is the planet where he's been sent to find Ahsoka Tano, um, which is the information he got from uh, Bogotan, yep, in the previous episode. Um, so he says, maybe we should meet some old friends, um, get some repairs. So they head back to Navarro, which is where all of this really started, did, I suppose. Yeah. All the Mandalorian storyline started. Um, so he goes back to Navarro, he meets up with Grief Karga and Cara Dune. Um, to get his ship repaired when they reunite. Um, the planet's sort of um, 
probably yeah. a big turnaround for 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 positive. The the market space is bustling now, like in it, 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 colorful. Yeah, a lot of flowers. I noticed uh, a lot of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I noticed that as well. Like even even just on his approach, yeah. like the the city or the town just looked clearer. It was a thing they um, did in uh, it was a thing they did in Rebels. Obviously, Lothal when the Empire was there. I remember watching one of the uh, extras on one of the Blu-rays, and Dave Filoni said, "Oh, while well, the Empire's there, we wanted to look like." Uh, polluted, uh, down in the dumps and that. But when, uh, when obviously at the end of Rebels, when they uh, blow up the Imperial Dome and it leaves, you obviously see the sun come through and all that. I think it's probably just a bit of a, a bit of symbolism for like the Empire being off the planet, or well, pretty much off the planet. We find out there's only a small Imperial base left. So yeah, I think it's just definitely only harkening back to Rebels and stuff like that. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, it's just a great storytelling tool. Obviously, you know, last time you were here, yeah. the Empire were here. Uh, there was some shady stuff going down. Um, people were different, you know. Grief Karga was a questionable man um, with questionable motives. Where, as we see here, like when when Mando lands, you know, they have that handshake. Um, you know, they, they try to turn the town around. So, like, there's been some character yeah. development for grief, which is very good. You know, he feels like you, you, you can make a yeah. change for the better now. Now that he doesn't need to make sort of money the way he did and sort of stay away from Imperials and that type of thing. Um, so we've had some great character development from him. Kara's like very much in the middle of this town's the life Marshall now. She the, is the, the I'm guessing it's Navarro, uh, not, I don't know what yeah. the, uh, the city's called, to be fair. Yeah, so I, I, I believe yeah. that as well. I believe it is Navarro. Um, and she's very much, as we see... At the beginning, sort of yeah, see, um, with the uh, Aqualish... Yeah, so obviously the the walrus men, yeah. as I like to call them, I remember Ponda Baba. the walrus man figure. Uh, yeah. Ponda Baba, yeah, later named Ponda Baba. Um, so, yeah, Ponda Baba from A New Hope, it's his species. Um, so a- is that, what's the name of his species, did you say there? Right. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, there's a sort of a gang of them where they've obviously been robbing the town and then they uh, they must hide the out old, in this uh, underground the space. Old, uh, Mandalorian um, enclave, isn't it? Yeah, so that yeah, is the yeah, Mandalorian hideout the from dog, the first season. That big Beskar, uh, Mythosaur, uh, I don't know what's called sculpture is missing, but they've still got the outline of it. Yeah, and that's where the armor is. Well, because I, I thought I spotted like the armor as like, um, what would the word be? Like sort yeah, of blacksmithing they, area. No, that's where they the were. Background they were is what I thought. The, where the armor used to uh, blacksmith because they were going to use the uh, stove to cook that. Uh, Little creature, yeah. Which I knew they wouldn't do when they when they um, went to when so they yeah, went so to these... like chop it out. Like, there's no way they're gonna do this. Hundred percent. So you know we've got um, you know, Cara June comes in, um, yeah. they pull blasters on her. I noticed that the blasters that these guys use are the like the imperial oh, sidearm. I think so. Um, like the like the imperial sort of. Sidearm um, that was sort of in in some of the early figures and stuff, and was used in season one of the Mandalorian as well. Um, so they've obviously, you know, all those stormtroopers yeah. died. Obviously, these guys have probably picked up those weapons now, making them a bit more deadlier. Um, so yeah, I loved how Kara uses a lot of uh, Gina yeah, and MA yeah. skills in this battle. Uh, obviously, you know, if you've got an actor or an actress who has well has these abilities. Um, Definitely 100% using because I mean, the look 
they look real. Uh, don't look choreographed, uh, faked uh, or or stylized. Yeah, choreographed. Hundred percent looks pretty, pretty uh, brutal, uh, pretty swift. Uh, she knows what she's doing. Um, she manages to take them out. Um, and then there's a scene here where um, I know to start at the end. Obviously, is that like creature, yeah. like a sort of like little weasel? Uh, and it just reminded me of um, Raiders of Lost Ark oh, when right. Indiana Jones and the monkey. Yeah. Uh, and when he's feeding the monkey the dates and like the monkey decides to be his best friend obviously the monkey's a spy which no, no. I, I don't think this weasel's a spy I hope <laughs> um, we never know could, it could be Moff Gideon spying in a later episode that'd be one hell of a twist <laughs> but, I mean obviously not but yeah definitely uh, I mean the season where we get Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano we never know yeah. I never know I'm just having a joke there but uh, but yeah uh, good to see Cara you know she's like go away yeah. weasel I don't want to like look after you, but she does end up giving it some food again, just showing sort of her development, how, you know, when we first met her, she was like, yeah, this yeah. town's only big enough for me or you, Mando. One of us has to leave and I was here first. And then now we see, you know, she's the, she's the marshal of the town. She's took that gang down. Um, she's, you know, she's found the money that the gang store and she said, we're going to have to give this back to the people who it belongs to. Uh, and then this weasel's like hanging around and she decides to feed it against a better judge, against a first edition not to yeah. look after it just feeds it a bit um, so yeah she's become like just a lot more of a sort of a, a caring character who wants to be involved in our surroundings which is it's pretty good instead of someone who's sort of hiding from our past of being yeah. a, a trooper in a wall in a wall that's finished now um, so I thought that was cool again like you know like big character development there um, just got one one note that I missed uh, obviously before before they land on Navarro uh, after they've sort of tried to fix the ship but failed. Yeah. Mando and the child are like drinking together. And obviously Mando lifts his like helmet a little bit and has a little drink. Um obviously based on what we learned or what I mean I suppose we already knew as Star Wars fans yeah. that Mandalorians do take the helmets off. Um but but based on what um Din Jorin the Mandalorian learned last episode about how you can actually take your helmet off. Um, loosen the rules. In, obviously uh well I don't think it's, I don't think he's loosened the rules there. Cause I think obviously you can't yeah. have a drink. He hasn't took his helmet off. But I think going going forward though is what it made me think of that. So going forward, obviously like, you haven't an actor with the capability that Pedro Pascal has. Yeah. Like, he's a phenomenal actor. Um, going down the line, I, I don't think it'll be like straight away. But I think like as he comes to grips with like yeah the fact he was part of a cult and like you actually can take your helmet off. Um, do you think we'll we'll see him take the helmet off more? Maybe perhaps not this season, but maybe in, in the next season where you know when he, when he's not involved in in huge battles or on a mission, he, he might take it off during his downtime, um, or maybe during emotional scenes. We'll see. Will, yeah, we'll see they released that uh, black series figure with a uh, removable helmet. So that's a pretty good indication that uh, his helmet's going to come off at some point this season. So yeah, I think yeah, it's only a matter of time before he starts. Uh, Taking his helmet off and all that type of stuff because, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And that, and that, yeah, I it will be a like, steady thing, like it'll be day, like all of a sudden he's just like, okay, obviously, it's hard to come out. Yeah. Obviously, I've never been in a cult, but I assume it's not the easiest thing to break those habits. Well, I think that's, that, that, that's, that's the worst thing about being in a cult is that you, yeah, you, you don't that. realize you're in a cult, so. Yeah, so like now, obviously, he's learning a little bit more every day. Almost every episode, he learns a bit more. So like, 
as he starts learning more and more and more, I think as he finds a soccer lens about the Jedi, like, that's going to be mind-blowing think... for him. Yeah, um, I can just... I saying, do you think the armour... No, you shoot me. Obviously, she's all in with the way that he was thinking. Do you think one day she could become like a villain? Um, I don't see them having a very good conversation next time we see each other. Because I thought uh, at the beginning of the episode when those uh, Aqualish were in the old thing, I thought it was going to be Armour that came in and uh, played house. But uh, obviously it wasn't. It was Kara. Yeah. I think maybe, I mean, if she has left the planet and maybe started a new new Mandalorian cult somewhere else, um, they might cross paths. But... um, I think he's the type of guy where, like, at the end yeah, of the day, this all did, did save yeah, him yeah. and did raise him. So I think he might be like, yeah. oh, look, I am different now because I've been around the world and I'm learning I don't know more. if they'll take that very well, though, to uh, be fair. So yeah. they might not take it very well, but I think, like, yeah, again, it's a case of, like, I mean, if he's hanging out, if he's hanging out with Bo-Katan, the yeah. rightful ruler of Mandalore, um, you know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know whose side... I know. Yeah, so I mean, going forward, we might see, like, imagine if down the line, maybe not this season, maybe next season, Mandalorian teams up, teams back up with Bogotan. Uh, Bogotan clearly said Mandalorians are stronger together, and that's why the yeah. that's why other people like to keep them apart. So imagine if like they come to someone that's standing where like, yeah, you guys can come and join us. You guys keep your masks on. We'll do what we do. You do what you do. And we're going to tear back Mandalore together. Yeah, um, then, yeah. Like, I, 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 I could see them being like a common, like a, yeah, like you know, we are slightly different the way we do things, but um, you know, we can, yeah, we've been wronged by the same people here, um, and let's let's take back the planet. Uh, perhaps uh, could could be quite cool, uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I'll, yeah, I yeah, can see him starting definitely. to take his helmet off. Uh, I think, I think, I mean, I think, I think what they've been able to do by like telling emotion and. Telling the story with just nods of the head and like in subtle yeah. helmet movements has been fantastic. But I think going forward, you've you've got you've got his yeah. brilliant ability and he's there as well. Um, and I, I I think they will start to use it. And obviously, they're going to have scenes where like he gets captured, he gets his helmet ripped off, or yeah. someone dies and he's going to cry. Like I think I think I think again, you can do all that with the helmet off. And you now he's learned it. that that it's not uh, that's some it's not a capital you offense. know it, it's not going to. Uh, yeah, it's not going to defy these yeah. gods or the, the way of the Mandalore, um, as they speak. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that happening, which Definitely will be better. which will be cool. Um, yeah, so the ship lands. The, um, oh, the ship's that, not that ship is whatever, going for more, whatever that it makes the Millennium Falcon look bloody. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, the fact yeah. he's just paid loads of credits. I have a fixed and like. I still, I still think that that Mon Calamari yeah. who fixed the ship was definitely high. Yeah, um, but yeah, he lands the ship. The, no. the landing ramp won't even come all the way down. Um, he's got to jump off it. Uh, I have a conversation. He's like, "Oh yeah, they're happy to see him." Um, he's like, what's, "What's my credit like here?" Yeah, yeah. Say, I'm sure I can sort something out. Have a bit of a joke, obviously. They're all, all friends. Have been through a lot last season, and they and they're gonna they're gonna help him out. Uh, they walk away. There's two mechanics who are going to fix the ship. Uh, there's one with a, it's a orange face, blue it's eyes. It's from Mimban in Solo, a Star Wars story. Ah, I see. I don't know why, but I had like... I know it's not not him, 
but just the designless. I thought it was like yeah, it just reminds not, me of Ochi. Not, uh, yeah, I know what you mean though. Yeah, uh, Ochi's the same. I, th- I think I'm not quite sure. I think Ochi's the same species as uh, same race. Sorry, as uh, Masconata. I'm not entirely sure though. But I'd, I'd have to have I'd have to have a look into that. Like, but uh, yeah, he's the the characters from uh, Minban, which obviously we see in Solo, the uh, Mud Planet. Yeah, no, there was, uh, there's Chewbacca also a Minbinis in uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, a pilot for the oh, uh, New Republic. Pirate, yeah. Or... yeah, yeah, the uh, character in, in that battle we see in... Uh, she fought in the Clone Wars, yeah. Because there's, uh, there's a reference in one of the uh, Clone Wars what? Series 1, Episode 5, I think. Uh, there's a... Where the um, clones are—it's called rookies—and all the clones are uh, in the base and they have to defend the base. It's just—it's an episode purely of clones. There's no Jedi or out. And uh, the uh, New Republic radio says, "Oh, the 224th for mud jumpers for fighting out on Minban." Yeah, and she was uh, at that battle. So, which is a pretty, which is a pretty nice, uh, which is a pretty cool time. Awesome. That's to the character Gunny, who's in uh, Star Wars Squadrons. But yeah, this. Mechanic is the same species as uh, the Mimbanese from uh, Solo Star Wars story. Yep. And uh, so as they walk away, he sort of has a little look, uh, and he's a little bit maybe. So no, not quite. I didn't dare because you see it look back and you're like, no, uh, really so, yeah. There's a the, the camera hangs yeah. on just a little bit longer than you would think, and he has a little glance, and yeah. you can see he spots the child. <laughs> Very, uh, uh, very false awakens, so, obviously. Yeah, when uh, definitely BB 8, Ray, and Finn go into the Maskinatis castle, and you have the resistance spy saying, Oh, the uh, resistance droids here, but then you have the uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name, but the uh, the bounty hunter saying, Oh, I've found the first order. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember her name. She's also on a spy, yeah. character. But anyway, she's yeah, she's one who she's friends with that big alien, isn't it? Who who is the same species as the ninth? No, uh, ninth sister. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, so they walk through the town of Navarro. As I said it's vibrant. That, that those dust clouds have vanished. Um, people are selling. There's no crying monkey lizards getting ready to get cooked. It's all like sort of. Um, it's all sort of nice produce, nice things being sold. Yeah. It's hustling, it's bustling, people being fighting each other. Mando it's, even says, uh, flowers grown. Busy. Uh, they head into a... It does indeed. Uh, they head into a school. Um, here's one thing. is I couldn't tell, but I had a thought it could possibly be. It's that yes, school it is, yeah, where in the, the same uh, building as the cantina. In thingy in uh, season one, episode, uh, the finale of episode uh, season one. Awesome. So yeah, we've seen like a lot of like I say we've seen what the Mandalorian hideouts now being used for. Did you uh, catch the IG eleven for now? Um, uh, I still I didn't catch you when I watched. Yes, it. I, I did. Um, that was cool. Yeah, obviously yeah. the self sacrifice of IG eleven has been remembered by the town, which is brilliant. Um, I like the school; it's really cool. I like how we've got a protocol droid teaching. Obviously, they're yeah, all I loved it. Yeah, the, knowledgeable uh, droids um, little, makes uh, sense. Funny Easter eggs to the aftermath trilogy. She said, uh, obviously, that the uh, Coruscant was the because I listened to it with the subtitles on. It said uh, Coruscant obviously was the uh, capital of the old Republic, but uh, the current capital of the new Republic is Chandrila, which obviously we see in the aftermath trilogy. And uh, 
Yeah, as you, you know, they were talking about the Hydean Way and the uh, Corellian Run, which is the one and two of the main hyperspace routes through the galaxy. Which I thought was pretty cool. Like, I wish school was out of an hour, and it'd be great. Yeah. Definitely. And we also hear a mention of the Maelstrom. Um, she does, yeah, the, uh, the Maelstrom, Maelstrom. Near Castle. Which we obviously we see in Solo Star Wars Story. So there's a few tie into uh, Solo Star Wars Story, which I love because I love that film. Definitely. And it's, it's good to say that said, so subtle connections where, you know, if these kids are yeah. learning about hyperspace routes and trade deals, um, that those are the things that we'll be being talking about. So it's fantastic to see them games com- sort of subtly combining more, all of Star Wars together. A bit more. Definitely. I mean, it subtly makes it's sense. Like, front, as well. like, yeah. It's not like, doesn't. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's not random. It's like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's almost like a jigsaw and like, that piece fits in there perfectly. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. Um, we then get the scene where the child once asks, well, doesn't ask, but he, the child insinuates to um, one of the students next to him that he would like some of his biscuits. Yeah. They look like uh, macarons. They do, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and sort of the kid's a bit like, insinuates yeah. no, like the mind type of thing. Maybe Yoda's not having it. Um, he wants them. He wants and, those but. I'd do that to be fair. Well, really uses cool. the force. Or... <laughs> uses the force, but definitely snacks. Snacks. Yeah. Are... I love snacks, me. If you look at my belly, yeah, same, uh... you can tell that I definitely have the snacks. Um, and if I could use the force instead of having to get up and go to the shop or yeah. get up and go to the fridge or go to the cupboard, uh, it would definitely be more worthwhile. Um, so, yeah, so the, the sort of child, a bit of comedy here, the sort of child uses the force, gets the snacks. Uh, I like how the. the Kid, the, the kid he's off doesn't really kick <laughs> off. He's almost just like, and, he, and he's a bit surprised to say, "Oh, like you." I'm assuming the child, the kid doesn't think the kid, the kid does not think the child has used the force. I think yeah. the kid thinks, "Oh, he's that fast." So he's just got up and grabbed yeah. him off the desk and sat back down and munched half one already. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, so that was that was quite cool. Um, so while that's going down, uh, sort of Mando and that having a conversation. Yeah, the last century about how there's the a base. Or at this uh, base up on up in the lava flats and that. Yeah, and, and there's another brilliant piece of uh, character progression I thought for Grief Cargo here, where like he talks about there being weapons there, and he said uh, we need to yeah. deal with it because these could be sold in the black market. Um, where I think if we met him it, in season one, if he'd found this, he would be the guy. Se- yeah. He would have been the guy selling them on the black market. 100, 100% making some profit there, but he's like, no, like, this is poses a big risk what we're trying to do here. And if we get rid of it, he actually says, yeah, like, we could be a big trade now post for this part of the galaxy, yeah. Um, so, so he's same way, throw sheep yeah. more instead of uh, um, so, so yeah, it's great just, character development because, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, his yeah. reaction to the child in the first land, like, it's, it's essentially how almost look at it is this, like, how this yeah. child has changed Mando's life. It's changed yeah. Grief Carga's life. It's changed Cara Dune's yeah. life. Like they're, they're all doing better things now yeah. because because they've encountered this child, which is um, which is fantastic. And I think like it does paint a picture of like yeah, you know, children are our future, uh, and are like the next generation. And if we can always promote them to be better, um, then you know, like the the world can only get better. Type of thing. A little bit of sort of that 
in there. I mean, it's, it's not in your face, but you know, I think I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a subtle message, and it's a beautiful message. That's important. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I won't do that. I won't do that. Yeah, well, certainly after. Yeah, I mean after 2020, they certainly can only get better. So yeah, we also meet our old friend Griswold. Here we. Well, it's one of ones where here's one we we didn't we didn't talk about it in in our recap of episode yeah. one, so chapter nine, the marshal, but like Cobb Vanth quite clearly calls the bartender yeah. by his species. He says, "Yeah, so like his, yeah. his species is a weak way. I imagine he's got a name. Yeah. If he's called Jeff, let's just say he's called Jeff, right? So you think he and he he's known him since like yeah. the end of the war. So he's known him for like six years at least, probably more, and he's like." Doesn't go in and go, oh, hi, Jeff, some drinks, yeah. please. He's like, we queer. Give us some drinks. It, it, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. It, I, found it, I found it weird. <laughs> and then obviously he had this, and then he had this, this Mithral's just like, you know, he's been working for Grief Carga for, yeah. you know, maybe like a few months. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's trying he's try to run out of some money, we'll find definitely, out. Yeah. Uh Because he is a cheeky guy. And uh, Grief Carga's, again, welcome him back, but said, you need to pay off your debts. Um, but yeah, he gets called Mithral. I notice he's got a very when Mando walks in, Mithral has already yeah. tell you whose ship it is. And then when he walks in, he's like, Oh. Uh and I, I yeah, don't know what like, it was, but they notice I'm that Mithral like give off like a, like a like a like a Yeah, like it, so it reminded me I of know. I don't know if you've seen Star Trek Discovery. So there's a there's a I can't remember the speech now, but there's a yeah. Captain Saru in that who's like an Italian alien. Um, and he has like a little, I don't know what it would be called, but it's like a little thing on the back of his head, I believe it is. He wants to watch it. But like, if he if he senses, if he gets nervous or like senses danger like that, it like tingles. Or I need to start watching moves. Star Trek Discovery, but that's a conversation um, at the time. Because I keep, I've got a couple of friends at work saying, oh, you need to start watching Star Trek Discovery. So, but uh, other than that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's just like yeah. a nervous, nervous thing. Obviously, last time you saw him, he was being shoved into a uh, carbon freezer. Carbon freeze. Yeah, I was gonna say. I love his little joke like, about how he can still bind in one eye. Of the Jedi, almost... Yeah, I enjoy that. Definitely. There's another I'm, reference I'm, he makes that episode. We'll get to that. that yeah, line. I loved as well. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed his performance. I don't... Who was it? Horatio Sands. That's his. Yeah, that's the guy who plays. Yeah, yeah. I think he did a great job. By like, it is. Yeah. When they yeah. first, when I first saw the trailer, I thought they're bringing him back. I thought, oh, really well, but I really enjoyed him coming back. Definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, he, is a, he is a cast member on Saturday Night yeah. Live, or he was from 1998, 2006, sorry. So, like, you know, he's, he's got that sort of comedic timing and, uh, and sort of skill. Um, and, like, as you say, his line delivery here, yeah. I think, is pretty. I mean, his line delivery in the first season was pretty good when he's, like, trying to buy Mando out of it, and then he says, I'll buy a better ship for yeah. traveling on. Like, he's, he's very quick witted, uh, almost for his own good, but it's probably his downfall, but, uh, yeah, like again, back here, like Horatio Sands is, is playing it the same yeah. way. Um, like fantastic stuff. Um, so yeah, so the, they have a look and they're like, you know, they talk about how if they take out this base, you know, we can flourish in the sector. Um, like you bring even more trade. Yeah. To not only will the town be more flourishing as it is now, but obviously, like we can probably grow to be like a like a, a city with like yeah. sort of galaxy connections, which is like fantastic. Um, so they make a plan to go to yeah, this Imperial base. I believe it's only got a skeleton crew left. Uh, they mentioned yes, they, they mentioned do. that Moff Gideon's been defeated here. 
Rosie, yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah, you guys all think it's all good yeah. in the hood, but it is not good in the hood. Um, so, yeah, so they yeah. head out the base on it in a sand speeder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they get to a lift, which is broken. Mando flies up, and then they sort of hack into the lift um, and go up. Uh, yeah, and then you see the Mando's like, already oh, killed about uh, like five troopers. Skeleton crew. And then... Um, Yep, and I love when they open the main door and they walk through, yeah. and you can see the speed of lights lined up on each side, empty. I like the um, uh, obviously you they've foreshadowed, cool. but you see the uh, transport. That's for, I think is it from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, so, like we first see it, there's like a troop transport. Yeah, yeah. so it pulls it pulls up on the fall, and like troops get they out. They blow up a few, yeah. um, a few, a few times in that series, yeah. I believe. Along with a lot of other things, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so yeah, so the base turns yeah. out to have more than just a skeleton crew. Um, and Storm, Stormtroopers actually patrolling the corridors. Um, they head in. We learn that the base is powered by uh, like a reactor that's being yeah. powered by a sort of a lava cooling system, uh, which they go to deactivate. Um, so obviously that causes the natural lava to sort yeah, of to heat up the base and destroy the base, rise yeah. and heat up and, des- and destroy the base. Yeah, uh, on the way out during their escape, uh, they do, they yes. find scientists, uh, these scientists sort of on computers, uh, are wearing the same uniforms from Rogue One with a uh, Galen Erso's like uh, crew type thing, and uh, yeah, they obviously go to destroy whatever it is they're working on. Yeah, so they sort of go to shoot these panels, yeah, and then like they, oh, the good guys shoot these guys, uh. Mithral sort of, sort of um, this, sort of everyone's nervous about yeah. this because uh, Kara's very much like I thought you said this was like a base, and, uh, and Kara's like yeah. very concerned. He's like, obviously, I honestly thought it was, but by his face, you can tell it. By his face, yeah, you can tell he's like, obviously, but it's obviously these, not. Uh, uh, and then Kara's like, uh, like people, creatures floating in these uh, tanks, which obviously, yeah, yeah, I would say that. I think there's more than three. I think it's three vats, is that correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so a minimum of three uh, sort of lined up and they've sort of got, like, bodies in them that... My first thought was, like, are they, like... They look some... I mean, you can't yeah. see the detail in them, but, like, they, they, they do look deformed. Yes, and my first thought was, I, like, uh, snow. I've seen online a lot of people leaning towards this being, like, an early... Snook or, like, a Palpatine, maybe. But the only, the only thing with that is, like, in the Rise of Skywalker... Novel, like it makes it sound like a lot of the Snoke and Palpatine stuff was on Exegol. So I, I tend to lean that they're trying yeah. to create false sensitives, obviously, because uh, we find the transmission from Doctor Pershing, who's the Doctor from the first season, who uh, saved the child, obviously not through, uh, not because he cared or all, but he didn't want the uh, Moff Gideon wasn't bothered. They just killed it and obviously took the blood because they're trying to transfuse blood into these people. And they even say they have a volunteer and uh, it went well for two weeks and then obviously the body rejected the blood. Yeah, so obviously we've got these, like, you know, we've got creatures in these vats, like, oh, were they volunteers? I find, the, I find the term them, volunteer very... Uh, these things made? Mm, ambiguous. Uh, 
So, I mean, I, I get the impression that they've got another volunteer lined up, I think, is how I took it. So, I, I think I yeah. killed a few volunteers because the experiment hasn't worked. And so, for the for the next volunteer, they need more yeah. of the the child's blood, essentially. Um, so, that's what they would... When the Mando breaks the child out, yeah. and the Mando's in that... And the child's in that bed, like, that, that's yeah. what they're doing to it. That's why he was so tired afterwards, because they, they were taking his blood. Yeah. And they, t- they took it up just so they didn't kill him. Um, yeah. Um Mando's like, oh, this Moff must Gideon's be really dead. old because yeah. um, Moff Gideon's dead. And uh, yeah. Mithra's like, no, it's three days old. The recording's three days old. Um, yeah. Um, it's quite funny. Like, obviously, this is a research base, not a yeah, not, so, a, yeah. not a like army base. Um, oh, so, yeah, do you think they could yeah. be doing more yeah. than one There's thing a here? Um, the Empire having these secret bases, obviously, for doing God knows what. Because uh, they uh, do some pretty funky stuff, but uh, yeah, got it. My my thought is that obviously I know they're doing obviously researching um yeah trying to create four sensitive soldiers. I think here that's what they're doing with the blood, trying to inject it into people, yeah, um, and create like four sensitive soldiers. I think it's my guess, um, but uh, also the fact the way the base is set out, the fact the base is set out like yeah, using the the lava, yeah, and the planet almost like the planet's core to power itself. Uh, do you think maybe that could be research yeah, like something to along that base? Maybe yeah, like I, said, I assume they're doing they're doing more than meets the eye. There, like I said, I don't know. Obviously, at the end of the episode, we see Moff Gideon was something. I don't know whether these are linked to that. Maybe, but uh, we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, I could, they're yeah. they're always up to no good. The Empire, you know that. They're always doing something weird. Yeah. Um, the reference the yeah. term M count here, Dr. Pershing referenced the term M count. Yeah. Um, is he referring to many chlorines? And is he referring to like the child's yes, blood has a high saying, amount of them? That's why they inject it into people. That would be the case, yeah. Cool. Um, as soon as this comes out and they learn that um, Moff Gideon's yeah. alive, sort of man was like, I need to get back the yeah. child now. And Carl's like, use the jetpack, you'll get there quicker. And like, he runs off, shoots a, shoots a lot of troopers on the way. Um, the rest of the guys try to escape. Um, Stormtroopers soon swarm the team. Um, and they're sort yeah, of forced to yeah, escape before yeah, the heats and destroys the base. Uh, you see, they've got um, the Wilhelm screaming as well. That's a, yeah. Yep, I haven't heard that in a while. I don't know they didn't use it in the in the, in the sequel trilogy. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean this episode like it's all is very fast paced. Um, I mean it's very fast paced, and the running yeah. time is also thirty seven minutes, so it's it's another short episode. Um, but again, I thought I thought it was paced brilliantly, and like like I said, like the action, the the chases, the and also like the time it took with story and like showing the developments of Kara. Yeah. And with grief, grief was like brilliantly paced. Um, so again, obviously, Collar's a brilliant job directing this. Which I think was his directional debut as well. Um, so yeah, the Mandalorian fires on the base to retrieve his ship and get the child back using the jetpack. Uh, sort of Cargo Jr. Mithra yeah. steal the stormtrooper transport that was saw on the way in. Um, and the chase and shoes between the transport, uh, which June's driving, and the speeder bikes. So those speeder bikes were sort of parked up in the entranceway. Uh, troopers come and jump on them and like dive yeah, it was awesome on them too. and dive down after the um after the troop transport. 
Yeah, I noticed yeah. that um, two of the troopers um, killed themselves on the way down. I wonder if these were the troopers who were uh, maybe. punching maybe Yoda yeah, in the first pretty, season. Didn't RG11 kill them? He beat, he beat them up, like, so... But I, I can't maybe. remember yeah. after he watched, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he... Oh, he actually yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, actually, to say that, yeah, they're yeah, probably him, already dead. Smacked them about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, big time, no. yeah. He was not a fan of uh, people hurting the child. Um... So yeah, so Grief Cargo jumps on the guns. I love how the, the turret on the back of the um the troop transport is very much the Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, same like uh, type, well not the same type type of group, same sound effects and all that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and the way the way the sea kinks around it was um again like Star Wars is Pottery, it rhymes uh sort of here again. Like, you know, it's a, it's a similar type system. Not exactly the same, but similar type. Um I love how uh so he managed to take out most of them, except when two decided to separate because he's only got one cannon. Um, so it's 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 two cannons, but they move at the same time. So you can't if they move out of the range. Yeah, you can only you can't target them like two speeders at once. Um, the only things were like no, a, I, I don't know, know if you ever had the Kenna the Kenna speeder bike with Scout Trooper, but uh, there was a button on the back of it that would blow it up. Um, so you could. I mean, I don't know if this was in the. 80s version, but in the in the 90s version of it, uh, it kind of put yeah. the back up for it. It would blow the speed up, and the troop would fly off the top of it. And then, and the way, the way grief shoots one of these speeder bikes, and like, it, and it explodes, and the trooper flies up, just sort of reminded yeah. me of the exact same type of motion that that toy would make. Well, John Favreau does that. So I wouldn't have like kind of toys. That's a little Easter egg, like. Yeah, so I wouldn't have like they went. Oh yeah, like that toy which had this feature. Would blow up this way, so I mean they don't all blow up that way, but like this one does. So enough is like, oh yeah, we'll we'll throw it in as a little Easter egg. They're like, this is this is how the speed our bikes yeah. uh, blow up as the toy, and it's gonna we're gonna do the same here. Uh, which I, th- I thought was like, I watched, it, I was like, oh, I wonder, if, I wonder if that is because like it did it the way it blew up. I was like, oh, take me back to like memories of like twenty years yeah. ago, like doing that with me with me scout trooper. Um. Some ties then come. I think they're in the clear, but you can hear the ties. The ties Tie are taken off from the base. Um, what's the name for these ties again, Ian? Tie out on us. These are the ones with the they have landing gear and they have the foam wing. Yeah. Um, and probably have other features as well that I'm not aware of. Um, so he's trying to sort of take them out. He manages to take one out, but when he takes the one out, uh, it yeah. ends up crashing into the back and destroying the turret. So they've now got no turret. And they're in a race to get the town before the ties can get them yeah. in. To be fair, it's not looking good. I think the ties are going to catch them in and blow them up. And just as the tie locks on and about a fire, um, Razor Crest comes out of nowhere. Mando is in the cockpit. He's got the child sitting yeah. next to him, munching on his uh, macaron treats. Um, and sort of dog fight ensues, which is again for a television show, like to have like this quality, like spaceship dog fighting again is, is fantastic. And we are indeed blessed as Star Wars fans and as television connoisseurs to like get this quality of like visual effects like in a television show. Absolutely First fantastic time we've job seen it, by like, everyone at ILM. It was yeah, better again. than I thought it'd be. Um, seems every... yeah, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It, it wasn't too long. Uh, it was bits where it was tense. Like uh, the last, when he's about to destroy the last one and the tie's flying towards yeah. him and he's flying towards the tie and the tie locks on but he's spinning around to avoid the blaster fire. 
and he, he yeah. he's not panicking. He buys his time and then fires and takes it out. Uh, but again, it didn't it didn't hang on it too long, but it was enough to like feel that tension in the scene, which was like fantastic. And again, like it, it didn't it wouldn't have got a place on a big on a big cinema screen. Uh, yeah, just 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 fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, so we sort of cut cut back, like obviously, um, grief's yeah. very happy. I think I think grief thought they were going to be killed there. Uh, after, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, come back down. I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you a drink right now. Please come back down." And uh, man, I was like, "No, the ship's fixed." Yeah. Um, we don't know where Moskudin is. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here now. Thank you very much. He's he's very much um, feeling urgency about him and what he wants to do next. Um, yeah. So Mando sort of heads off worlds. He says goodbye over the con. Uh, and he, he does. And he heads heads for Corvus to track down a Sokatano. Tano. Um, and yep. while he does that, the New Republic Captain... visit uh, Grief Carson Carson Tiva. Incident, yeah. And it is um yeah. it is Cap Carson Teva, Teva yeah, uh, who's the same yeah, captain yeah, from well, Captain um, yeah. Chapter two. Yeah, and there's two. Yeah, I get confused all the time. Sorry, no. Uh, episode two of this season, but it would have been chapter uh, chapter ten. Yeah, so episode two of this season, but chapter ten overall the story, uh, which was the passenger. Um, there's two X wings parked there, so I'm probably likely to believe that. I will be. Although we don't see him, Dave Floyd's character's probably with him. I think that's two patrol together, work as a team. But it, you say we just see. We see Captain Carson Tiva, and he is sort of uh, speaking with Grief, yeah. who's very carefully covers his tracks well. Um, he asks about yeah, the Razor yeah. Crest, and um, Grief says, I have not mentioned the Razor Crest. And he's like, well, it's caught on your transponder. And he's like, yeah. everyone knows that those things, and in pre-imperial, those things don't don't read properly. And he's like, okay, and they sort of read between the lines. Uh, Carson Tiva knows what's going on. Um, he goes out and he speaks to Cara Dune. Um, they speak yeah. about our past and all the run, and Dune says, "You know, I lost everybody on there." And he's like, "Your record's really good." When they put it, we really use you. And she's like, "Well, no, I'm sort of busy here." Um, and that's when he says, "He says, um, sort of something's brewing here. We need yeah. to put a stop to it. The core worlds um, don't believe it, Lots um, yeah. but and we can't fight it without local local support." Yeah, I'm guessing and that so. Yeah. Leaves a, Leaves like a badge or is it a badge he leaves on the table? I don't know whether he's asking us to so He leaves like a badge yeah. on the table, so I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's like Yeah, or does it just mean have that and like yes, stay here, but like something's happening here, yeah, so you need to be, be aware yeah. of like what's going on. Um so uh, obviously we'll see down the line, but obviously something is going on, it is all connected, and I think um I think we'll see. There was that I think room, there we'll was see Cora having the, a relationship with the New Republic. Um, spin-off show. Maybe not giant. Whether that's still on the table or not, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. There was a rumour going around that Cara Doom was going to get a spin-off which, show. Which one's that one? Obviously. I don't know what the crack is of that, to be fair. Ah, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been that many rumours, like that many spin-off shows. I doubt they're all true. Um, for me, I think, like, you can tell her story within this story. Um, yeah. Because I feel if you were gonna if you were gonna tell her why the story to, yeah. to make that a TV show, you'd have to get it off Navarro because we've already dealt with that in this show. So we should have to like rejoin the New Republic. It'll be like a New Republic show. Um, but but I'm definitely up for this story continuing. I think you can do it. I think you can do it in this show where you have like if she if she spots things that aren't more things that aren't right, 
like she can she can get in yeah. contact with you like oh look by the way this is the situation here by the way uh, you were right um, and feed them information um, like I said if it is going to become a yeah like a more of a trade hub for the area but it is going to become more of a trade hub for the area um, it's like she will yeah, need your public yeah. assistance probably like in case things do break out um, after that we cut to Imperial Light Cruiser, Imperial Cruiser. you see that's like from the Clone yeah. Wars actually I don't I don't know if it actually is an Arcaton because I saw someone who's quite willing to know about ships say it's not an Arcaton it's bigger so alright so not quite at Star Destroyer level yet although I'm glad we're all hoping to see them before the season's end because be that will be mind blown to see a Star Destroyer on live action television it does uh, bring home the fact that the Empire is fallen. If he had like four Star Destroyers to his command, it'd be like, oh, is there any difference to Endor and all that type of thing? So I like the fact that he might have a, he might have a smaller fleet, yeah. more ships, but he hasn't obviously got the big Star Destroyer. So, yeah, I get the impression that there might be like a... Yeah. There might be a small fleet somewhere. I think it, yeah. it got referenced last episode, so there, there is a there is a small fleet somewhere. Um, right. I don't think he's in control of the whole fleet. Yeah. I think like I think I think he's in contact with them and he's working with them. But I think his his main goal is not yeah. take back the uh, go and take the fight in the New Republic and destroy yeah. it right now. His goal is he's working on all, all these experiments, and like they're obviously letting him do it. But I, I think like do you know what I mean I, I feel that he's not the head head honcho of the remnant that's left. I think he's the head honcho of what he's working with. But I think he's trying to sort yeah. of deliver these results to then go to whoever it is who is in control of the fleet and be like, oh, by the way, like this is the crack. Um, so, yeah, uh, we see like an Imperial officer on, on the bridge of this Imperial ship uh, receives confirmation from one of the mechanics working Grief Cargo. So, that one who is with the orange skin with the blue eyes. Uh, yep. The Mimbanese yeah. uh, contacts the Empire. So, he is a spy, he is a little weasel. Um, they put the tracker on the radio. He's a little jerk. A uh, message to say, "Oh, um, a tracking beacon on the razor crest." Which again, Star Wars is portrayed. So reminds me of the Falcon leaving the um, Death the Star. Going, yeah. uh, why? Why did they let it go? Oh, well, because it's got the. They know it's got the tracker on. Um, reminded it is of um, yeah. Force Awakens. Obviously, the first order I knew that Snap was doing his reconnaissance fight, but they let him fly back because. Yeah. They wanted to locate the base on um, yeah, there's a few in the car and so on. Yep, uh, reminders of Empire Strikes Back when when the when the Falcon takes off, it's not got a tracking device, yeah. but um, plus Boba Fett's like the Empire and all that, the hyperdrive's yeah. been deactivated. Yep, so all that sort of stuff was really cool. Um, and then she goes to inform off Gideon, um, that they've got the tracking on 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 the ship, and he's very happy with that. And then in this room where Moff Gideon is, there's these... Um... Well, it's only that we see. I'm trying to think there is. Probably about 20. A substantial amount, yeah. Um... Yeah, so these, these... I don't know if it's suits of yeah. armour or if it is droids. Is it a combination of both? I don't know. But these almost, these black, these black, yeah. bulky, either fighting suits or fighting machines. Um, reminded me a bit of... Um, in Iron Man Two, when when um, Sam Rockwell, Sam 
Tristan Hammer. Uh, what's he called? Yes, it's Sam, Sam Rockwell's character. Commission. Yeah, he commissions yeah. Um, Whiplash to build these uh, stupid drones for him. And they're like the big, the big soldiers, essentially. Reminds us a bit of that, but um, he also reminded me a bit of the... Um, Purge Troopers, yeah. The Inquisitor yeah. Stormtroopers from Jedi Fallen Order. Purge Troopers reminded me a bit... I mean, I couldn't get a close look, uh, but they're, they're all in black. They're bulky. Um, I don't know if it is Stormtrooper armor or if it with people it's inside who are maybe in hats or if it is a from like a killer machine robot. Dark, yeah. So do they are have, from Star Wars. Do you Legends, talk about what a dark trooper is. The expanded universe, before? and they were there's uh, like three phases of uh, dark troopers. There's like the uh, first phase, which is like kind of like a exoskeleton type uh, droids, and then they uh, kept working their way up to the big. The big uh, black uh, droids who were uh, obviously they're very dangerous, and uh, yeah, it's quite exciting to see them being brought into canon. Yeah, so if, so if these are if these yeah. are dark troopers, yeah. so that means that they like, are uh, they're like imperial battle droids type thing. Cool, cool. So we're getting a bit of. Yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of harkening back to sort of the droids of the Trio Federation type of thing. Awesome, cool. Um so do you think he's got like Yeah. Obviously we know he's looking at like enhancing yeah. people, perhaps a super soldier programme is what he's trying to do with the uh the child's blood, um which isn't working too well. It definitely could um, be yeah. think it's in like, part of his like super soldier programme yeah, by making these super droids. The numbers they used to have, so obviously you have to go through other means and if that means creating Imperial battle droids. That uh, so be it. You have to do what you've got to do at the end of the day. And uh, I've seen a rumor banded around that these could be made out of Beskar, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be because we've seen how well Beskar holds up against Blaster Fire in the past few episodes. Um, so I mean, if they are made out of Beskar, then what I would say is that it's probably going to take a dark saber yeah. to slice through them. Yeah, or Sort of tunnel wheeling two lightsabers to slice through them. So, I mean, if this is setting up like we this, are, it's yeah, going to be what Soka cuts through. We're going to get a pretty cool action scene there, aren't we? Uh, so, yeah, so that brings the end of the episode. Um, really enjoyed it. Like we sort of enjoyed all the episodes. This, on, uh, this brought back episode. some of the plot points from series one that obviously went kind of to the wayside for a little bit. Like why Moff Gideon wants the child. It brought back Moff Gideon on screen, which I love. I think he's going to become, by the end of the show, by the end of the Mandalorian show, I think he'll be top five Star Wars villains. Everything uh, everything he does is just full of uh, like dread and malice. Just he's, he's done pretty much nothing so far. And yet, every time he comes on screen, you just know this is a bad dude. Yeah. I didn't know. Definitely. Did he see his comments this week? I think it was with Entertainment Weekly. So uh, I don't have the exact comments to hand, but he's essentially referencing the fact that he's always, like, as an actor, he's always yeah. kept himself, um, like, he's always kept, he's always trained yeah. hard. So he's always, he's quite like, I know he's quite a slender man, but I think he's like, he's referencing yeah. that he's like, he's very, very, um, very toned. And I think he has himself a very good core strength. And he was saying, um, he's glad yeah. he's done that because. Uh, later on in the season, uh, we're going to see him get physical. Yeah. So I think that means maybe we're going to see him swinging that dark saber, yeah, yeah. taking out some people, maybe even having the lightsaber duel maybe with Ahsoka. Yeah. 
which would be fantastic. So very, very cool comments there. Um, yeah. I was the same as you. This episode was short, but didn't waste a minute. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, after I said, I thought the action sequences were great. It was brilliantly paced. The chase sequences were brilliant. The dog fight was brilliant. Um, those character moments with Kara, um, with with grief, yeah. obviously learning how they're sort of they're making a better life for themselves and making a better life for Navarro was brilliant. Um, meeting the Mithral again was brilliant. Um, his character development sort of still that cheeky chappy, but also hanging about still and helping yeah. out where he can. And he, sometimes he helps out a bit begrudgingly. Yeah. He has a little thing to say about it. Almost, almost a bit like Chopper from Rebels. I'm almost you get like vibes there. Um, but yeah, really cool. Um, obviously, again, New Republic back again. Um, so showing that you know there's a bit of continuation there as well. Yeah. I thought about these episodes. Like, every episode feels like a, a separate, almost movie, like a separate story. Yeah. But overall, all interconnected, telling a sort of bigger one. Um, so it just it just feels really really brilliant to be getting that over like eight, eight episodes. Um, I thought this. I don't think it's been mentioned much because everyone's yeah. like just knows it's awesome. But again, like sort of subtle themes again in this one, like throughout during the chase, um, sort of during. I love his, like, I the love end his, sequence uh, with um, It makes the character a lot more on board Moffat's ship. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just again, Ludwig obviously like he's it's 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 weird. So like yeah. Ludwig actually come yeah, in and he's he's doing something that's yeah. so yeah, so perfect, so yeah. different from John Williams, but also fits fits just fits just as much as John Williams, which I think is like yeah probably an impossible task. But this man has done it. So like hats hats off to you, Ludwig, because you're absolutely smashing it. And from what I've heard, obviously I know last season I know that like after every episode, yeah, that week the yeah, that's that chapter soundtrack would drop on for season two, yeah. But from what I've heard, I think we'll get the first four chapters of this season's soundtrack um, available to stream and listen and download um, this week or next week, um, which is fantastic. Well, we get them every week like we did last year. Um, who knows why I haven't said maybe it's because of, I don't know, if they've been formatting that for streaming services. Um, maybe COVID and people working from home has affected that um, but good to know that you'd be able to listen and stream to the first four chapters of this season soundtrack and then I think the rest is going to come later as well yeah yeah uh, so yeah definitely definitely good stuff there um, also uh, I don't know when Jedi News reported it but I saw on Jedi News' feed that um that the return of obviously the DTL Rich documentary series, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, set to make its return on December 25th. Yeah, Christmas um, Day. Christmas Day, yes, a little Christmas present for everyone. Um, so I think we're going to have another eight episodes. So one episode of the Disney Gallery show per episode of The Mandalorian season two. Um, and they haven't said, but I'm assuming that we'll be getting it weekly again. Yeah, I would assume so. Because uh, it just keeps, I mean, I mean, I've paid for Disney Plus up front for the year, but those people who pay monthly, it just means that you're going to hang around for another, yeah. for an extra month, essentially. Um, clever marketing. Um, and Jedi News have got my information from Disney Australia. Um, so, I mean, I know that the content across the different continents can vary. So I would like to think well, that means we'll be getting that, though. There's no 
I don't think there'll be any licensing reasons. I mean, we all get Mandalorian at the same time. Yeah, we do. So I would, so I would imagine we can all get the Mandalorian behind the scenes at the same time as well. Um, fingers crossed. Anyway, on that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I think we've finished talking about this episode. Obviously, a lot of stuff at the in the middle at the end there about the sort of super soldiers and dark troopers and sort of why they need the child and his blood and what they're trying to do and. You know, it leaves a lot of speculation open to be speculating about, which is fantastic. Um, going forward for the next next episode, sort of, I know there's been rumours and people talking about what's going to happen next episode. Obviously, the next episode uh, is written and directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, and that is why everybody is predicting uh, that it will be the Mandalorian arriving on Corvus and finding Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, what's your thoughts on next week and sort of what have you heard and what are you expecting? Other little things. I saw like a leak last night. Obviously, I won't get into that here. Uh, I've seen the potential runtime of the episode and I've seen the uh, potential title of the episode. That's what I've seen. I don't know if we want to get into that because obviously I don't want to spoil um, it for anyone. And plus, if we don't know if it's true, it's just leaked. Is it, is it being reported as a leak, is it? Or is it being reported as, as like just speculation? I've seen it reported by things that are reporting on the leak, yeah. But not not, okay. not like Variety or Hollywood Report. It's all like, like ner- yeah. nerdy sites and all that type of thing. I mean, that's a, I mean let's talk about the runtime. Because yeah. uh, I don't think that, is, that can't really be spoiled. Yeah. So what's what's the runtime you've heard mentioned? And anywhere between 45 minutes to 58 minutes. Okay, yeah. okay. That's what I mean. Yeah, so, we'll get it Friday, and it'll be half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, like the longer the better for me. Like I love, I love Star Wars. So you're gonna give us more Star Wars. Yeah, I'm all for that. I, I, would plan, love, yeah. I would love an hour and a half episode just for Ahsoka. Uh but obviously, who who knows? Who knows what we'll get? Yeah. Um, the title you've heard, uh, don't say it. Um, does the chap the title that you've heard give away a lot? If it is right. Uh, yeah, the title I've heard. Uh, just say that again, the connection kind of dropped a bit. Uh, so, um, the title that you've heard in these leaked reports yeah. and people talking about the leaks, obviously don't repeat the title. Yeah, um, I won't, no. <laughs> does, does that title that you've heard give away like what could be happening in, in this episode quite a yeah. lot? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay, right. It's, pretty, it's pretty on the um, nose, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, spot on. But that'll be cool because I mean, the the heiress was yeah, and so was uh, again, so was the marshal. Yeah, but again, I didn't know what they were called until they came on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So it just yeah, means yeah. so yeah. So I want that moment to be like after we've had that open little sequence, then it cuts to the title screen. I want that to be like boom, and then hopefully, if it's crazy title, yeah, I'll be getting very excited there. Yeah, sitting there just by reading two words or how many words it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no exciting times, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, like, listeners like listening, I think, and all like, why aren't you talking about the title and stuff? And it's like, you know, like we don't know which listeners want to discuss, yeah, and have things spoiled for them. So I mean, this episode's out before Friday, so if we tell them, if we say what the title is, what the title potentially, could be, yeah, it just ruins everyone's fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this and want to know, you got like, you know, find it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Go on the internet. You, if I mean, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I've not seen it, so I'm pleased. But obviously, like, you know, you will be able to search for it, and if you're in Star Wars circles, you might have already come across it. Yeah. Um. So, like, 
feel free to do that. But really, that choice up to you as a listener to decide that, not us making that decision for you by just blurting it out. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, any thoughts on sort of what you want to happen next episode, Ian? Oh, well, uh, so Katano, obviously, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like it'd be one hell of a swerve if she wasn't in this episode, like <laughs> just to like mess with people. Cause... But uh, yeah, to see Ahsoka, apparently, I've heard like Rosario Dawson looks flawless as the character. That's what I've heard. I've obviously seen, but people have said they've seen the character it says she looks flawless. Uh, and uh, I would love, I would love some sort of mention to the rebels cliffhanger at the end. Like maybe yeah. mention a throne or Ezra, but uh, no, I'm going in totally blind. I want to know. I'm. Just, uh, it's going to be a crazy episode. Like I said, we haven't the, everything we see now. We haven't seen in the trailer, so it's all, yeah. it's all uh, going in blind now. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, this, this episode we've just reviewed the siege chapter twelve. Um, that was pretty much the final things from the trailer that we haven't seen yet. We've now seen. Yeah. Which to me says I think like darkness is coming. I think it's going to be a lot of dark stuff going down. I think this season will be the darker middle chapter yeah, um, nice of the Mando. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think like I think we've already teased it with like these dead cloning things in the tanks with them uh, dark troopers looking very, very um, ominous, ominous, and looking like they can probably like rip people apart if they want. Yeah. Um, yeah so like I, I'm predicting carnage. Darkness, drama. Um, we'll have some laughs along the way, I think, because the show's been great at weaving comedy amongst everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting like some some crazy stuff and some dark stuff going down. And I'm pleased that we're out of the trailer now. Yeah, I'm pleased that like everything everything we're going to get now going forward is like stuff we haven't really seen. So stuff we probably haven't commented about, which just means that like it's going to blow our minds even more. Yeah. So, like, absolutely, like, loving that aspect of that. Um, obviously, that will be this Friday's episode. Yep. Chapter 13, which we don't know the title of. Uh, and that will air on, so that is Friday the 27th, yep. which is Black Friday. Black Friday gift for everybody. Um, it'll air at 8am here in the UK. Yep. Um, are you going to watch it at 8am? I will be, mate, yeah. I won't be, because I've agreed to do overtime six till five the reason why i've done that is because uh obviously where i work work in sort of the online retail industry um obviously black friday is huge for us i'm actually off that day but um obviously we're all trying to as a management team all trying to contribute work positively um and i was like you know what it is i'll do friday i was in two minds first one was good i was going to do friday afternoon yeah but I thought if I watch this episode, it's going to be mental, which we're hoping it is. Yeah. You know, Dave Filoni writing, directing, Soka Tano being in it. I thought if I watch an episode and it's like mind blowing, I'll if I go to work, I'll like not be focused. My brain will be frazzled. Yeah. So I thought I'll start at six a.m. I'll work through till five p.m. That way, I'm at work during the whole time people have seen the episode. Yeah. So I'll just leave my phone. Don't look at no, anything. I'll, turn it off. I'll not. Have any, I'm not. I'll not have anything spoiled. I'm very lucky where my wonderful and beautiful fiance will pick me up from work at 5pm, drive me straight home, and then I can just whack the episode on. Yeah. And then it means once I've watched it, I'm off Saturday, it means I can watch it many times as I want, I can digest it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be trying to record a review on it if, we, if we've got time. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, just uh, that's my strategy going in, I thought. 
rather than go for the episode at the time, like watch it as soon as it airs, I thought that could derail my day if it's that good. So I thought that's Oh yeah, I won't, I won't be productive at work on Friday. Yeah, so so that's I've played it the other way. So yeah. I'm gonna watch the episode later. Look, yeah, I've had nothing spoiled for us so far because I think three of the episodes I've done later now. Yeah. Three or two. This one and the, and the one before, definitely. I did afterwards, and like I said, managed to avoid everything. Um, so, plan on doing the same thing for this one. But, yeah, man, it's uh, we're entering the unknown almost. Yeah. It's crazy because we sort of know because we know Dave's writing directing and we know Ahsoka's coming. Yeah. Based on the storyline that we've been but we told. don't know anything else. But we also don't know anything else, so it's almost like... It's almost like waiting for a wave to hit. Yeah. Like you can see, you can see it coming, but you don't know like what it's going to feel like when it hits yeah. you, and you don't necessarily know how powerful it is or how big it is. You can just see it in the distance. Um, sorry to get all what the, what would that word be? Um, philosophical. Philosophical on people. Yeah, so right. I'm definitely, I'm definitely, definitely not philosophical. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm definitely not. Um, yeah, uh, any final thoughts about this episode and where we're going, Ian, before we wrap it up? No, just I'm looking forward to Friday. That's, that's all I want to get to now is Friday, to see what... To finally see a character that's been started in live action. If you'd said two, three years ago, we'll see a Sokotano in live action, I'd have gone, yeah, OK. I wouldn't have believed you, but it's a different age now. Literally anything's on the table to your favourite character. But yeah, to see a Sokotano in live action is going to be uh, mind-blowing. It definitely is. It definitely and now she won't appear in this episode now, I've said that. Well, he, he has one thing. Imagine if it's like a, a Force Awakens. Yeah, right like at the end, yeah. All, all throughout the episode, they're trying to find Ahsoka and then at the end, like she's on the like, edge of a cliff yeah. off, in, in a dark corner and slowly turns around and then it cuts the credits. I still love it. Still see it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm hoping we get it in like, the first five seconds of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope I land in there and then it's quite exciting because obviously we know that they sort of Moff Gideon's now tracking him and like is Moff Gideon prepared for an Ahsoka Tano? Yeah. Because Ahsoka Tano might wreck shop, she might destroy all those dog troopers. I'll tell you that. Uh, she might put a big spanner in the works for his plans. Yeah. Oh. Like I said, they're looking for false sensitive blood. Yeah. Might capture her, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've said I'm predicting darkness in her. If they capture Ahsoka and I've tortured her and seen that blood doesn't get much darker than nope. that. Definitely not, man. Awesome. Um, so just before I wrap things up, uh, I know you've been playing um, Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. Uh, so you want to give a brief review of the game? How good is it? Yeah, uh, how much I'm you're really enjoying, enjoying it. it. Like, uh, I'm, I haven't finished the campaign. I've been too busy at work. But yeah, I'm just working my way through the campaign now. There's some characters in there. The Trandoshan, uh, New Republic pilot, which obviously you really don't see many good Trandoshans. Uh, the Mimbanese, uh squadron leader, Gunny, but I haven't, I haven't got to the end of it yet. I haven't seen, I haven't even got to the point where Hera's in it yet. So, but I'm really enjoying it. I haven't tried multiplayer yet because I know for a fact I'm going to be terrible at it and I'm going to get battered. But uh, it's also <laughs> cool that in December, the uh, two new ships are dropping, which is the B-wing, which everyone's wanted for ages, and the Tide Defender, which is cool. Awesome Tide Defender, obviously referencing Grand Admiral Thrawn. Because they, uh, they weren't going to do any post-launch content for it, but apparently the, the reaction to the game and uh, obviously everyone wanted like, the B-Wing. The B-Wing's class in the TIE Defender, like they've put it in. So, yeah. but, but I mean, but when are they coming? Because December, apparently. Should we... So they must be developed. They doesn't, you can't make them overnight. No, yeah. So I think maybe, I don't know, 
if they maybe told people they're not doing anything. Well, the game's anything, been but... out for a couple of months now, and I think like the initial groundswell of the game was like, oh, this game's really good. And obviously, they priced it at a realistic point. Like, if they priced it as a full price game, like at like 60 quid, then I think people would have felt a bit. Felt a bit slighted because it's obviously it's not. It's only it's got like a six-hour campaign and then it's just a couple of multiplayer modes. So it's not the most dense game, but uh, they price it at thirty quid. For thirty quid, you can't go really go wrong, and it's it's a lot of fun to play. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's available. It's available for like twenty. Yeah, at the moment, yeah, um, I think on the Xbox uh, Store and I don't know about PlayStation or all like that, but yeah, I think it's I think it's across all store yeah. all online stores have it. Uh, like obviously. PlayStation and Xbox have it priced uh, as like a Black Friday deal yeah. at the minute. So, so it's, it's definitely worth picking it... up if anyone's sitting on the fence about getting it. There you go. Now, if you can pick it up now and save yourself yeah. a tenner. Spot on. Uh, well, thanks very much for joining us, Ian. It's been fantastic to speak Star Wars and Mandalorian no problem, with you. Um, as it is every time, um, especially with all the canon insights that you that you bring to the table. Uh, so so th- thank you very much for that. Obviously, um, who knows what our minds will be like when we return again? Because <laughs> we will have had, we will have had Dave Filoni's episode uh, written and directed by him, and we would have had the return of us all yeah. channel to our screens this time for the first time in live action. Um, so yeah, join us next time. Where that is what we'll be discussing. Um, thank you very much for joining no us, problem. Ian. Uh, where can the where can the people find you on social I am media? On Twitter and Instagram at uh, at Star Wars Ian or lowercase. Spot on. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Ian. And listeners, thank you very much for spending time listening to the show. May the force be with you all. Please follow us on Twitter at Boar's Star. That's at B O R E S S T A R. And on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Podcast. You can also reach us on email at starboarspodcast at gmail.com. The Star Wars Show can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever podcasts can be found. Please give us a like, subscribe, and don't forget to leave a five-star review. May the force be with you.